everyone, and welcome back to another episode on The Good Conversation. It's a podcast where we celebrate the life experiences, skills, and passions of everyone and anyone. Today, I have a very special guest joining me. We have Lisa. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you so much, Iris. Um, Well, my name is Lisa, and I am currently a UBC um, student graduating in May, virtually, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, so what did you do your undergrad in? Um, I majored in speech sciences and minored in psychology um, and took a bunch of like random electives as well. Yeah, so out of those courses, what are some courses that stood out to you? Um, I mean, I honestly loved all my linguistic courses, um, but definitely like what stood out to me were the relationship courses that I took. Um, I took one in particular that I loved was the relationship development course in family studies. Yeah, that's so cool. I can't wait to hear about what you learned in that class and what you'll be sharing with us today about friendships. Yes, for sure. So tell me a little bit about what you learned about your friendships. I mean, like, I've taken a few relationship development and, like, sexuality courses, and, like, Honestly, like, I never thought about friendships, like, in a certain way until I took those courses. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like, definitely, like, before, I feel like I was so much more, like, held on to the idea of, like, I need to, like, like, hold on to my friends, like, even my high school friends, at least, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, but kind of now, I'm more, like, after the stuff I've learned, I'm more, like, willing to, like, let things go like if if things go in one way like that's great but if we start to like drift apart then like that's fine too but you know it just makes like even during this like coronavirus crisis it just makes you realize like how important relationships are Mm -hmm. and then like like no matter even if we can't physically see each other we can still connect in other ways and like how important that is Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think honestly, in this quarantine, you kind of realize who you gravitate towards as well. Like, it's so easy to you can video call literally anyone, but it's so interesting that there's some people where just a video call is like easier with or with some other people it's just like almost like harder. And then you kind of figure out who your closer friends are. Almost. Yeah, like it's true. Like. It's definitely kind of like your proximity friends before where in classes you would want to like, you just tend to like hang around with them. But, you know, especially now, like I, I notice like I'm not necessarily reaching out to them and I'll reach to other people more often. And, you know, like that's fine, right? Because, you know, if we, we click, we click, right? It's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like what you said earlier about like um, be, when you're in high school, you feel like kind of want to be everyone's friend or like it's really important to keep everyone close mm-hmm. but after a while you took those courses and you thought about it you learned that it's okay not to hold everyone close can you tell me a little bit more about that yeah I mean like one of the one of my favorite concepts that I learned on the first day of my uh, relationship development course is actually deep penetration and um deep penetration isn't exactly what it means Mm-hmm. When, when you first like hear the word, I guess, sexually at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the idea is kind of like, you know, when you're sharing more infor- information with somebody, that 
the idea is that you're kind of penetrating them. You're kind of getting closer and closer to them, right? And so the opposite of that would be depenetration, where eventually um, you or the other person starts sharing less and less. And that might, that's probably like unconsciously. It's not something that we do, you know, intentionally. Like, I'm not going to share, you know, what happened today to this friend or this friend. But it's just something that happens. And, you know, gradually, you know, eventually if you depenetrate, you might grow apart from this friend or even... Um, like one of the cases that the professor gave was like um, some person like in the DMs, like they keep pestering you about what your day is and then eventually you want to depenetrate from this person, like eventually ghost them. You know, it's not nice, but it happens, right? Um, so, you know, it's, it's something that like we don't necessarily think about consciously. So it just makes me think that it's su like it's super true. Yeah, so... In a way, when you say like we don't think about it consciously, it makes me feel like depenetration is more of a passive concept. But mm -hmm. is, are there any times where depenetration can be more of an active process where you want it? it you want to almost depenetrate from someone? Mm -hmm. Like. For instance, I guess like even like toxic friendships, toxic relationships, right? That might be, you know, where you would want to eventually share less and less or try to like distance yourself. Um, especially when you learn about this concept, it definitely makes you think about the relationships you have in your current life and, you know, whether or not like it's not to say like it's beneficial, but whether it's like you actually have fun and it's like a positive experience when you're with this person or not, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually such a cool concept to think about because I, it's definitely sometimes hard um, for people who built a very strong friendship, mm -hmm. but after a while they kind of notice some maybe like red flags in their friendship where it's negatively impacting their life. But I think it's so hard for a lot of people, I think myself included, to step away from long-term relationships when you're so invested in every in your day like each day you're talking like hey how's you doing what are you doing hey 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 guess what but slowly like getting used to that process of depenetrating is very difficult right 100% like I think I definitely have um, friends that I used to talk like even in high school beginning of university where you know we would talk like pretty often right and mm -hmm. now I don't we don't talk that often we might keep in contact you know every so often but I think eventually you get to a place where both parties are comfortable with their level of communication if that makes sense mm -hmm. so you have some friends where you want to talk every day and you have some friends where you know you catch up once a year and like honestly that's totally fine in my view um, as long as both parties are happy yeah that's this is so great and you say you said you learned this um, this term in in undergrad. Uh, yeah, in one of my relationship development courses, um, it was family studies, oh. three fourteen. Not, um, I think at least. That's so cool. I, I find that interesting because in like second or third year, you're like I don't know, twenty, twenty one, nineteen, like in that range, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you think um, if you were to teach this concept to, let's say, younger children or like high school kids, like they're teaching them to evaluate their friendships and when to depenetrate versus working on their relationships? Mm -hmm. What do you tell them? Ooh, that's a good question. I think um, it's more like when you're around this person, like what are your predominant emotions? Do you 
do you tend to feel happy? Do you tend, when you share your, you know, what your day is, or if you have a problem, do you feel better when you're with this person? Or, you know, do you tend to, um, when you're with this person, they tend to complain to you and then, you know, they kind of don't consider your problems or your, you know, your day-to-day life. And, you know, you find that maybe they're asking too much from you or, you know, maybe they're not prioritizing you the same way that you are with them. And I guess, you know, same way with relationships, you want to consider friendships, um, like just as like the same way where you want to make sure that both parties are contributing and like um, adding value to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. I am so inspired, honestly. I am, I literally have my pen right now and I'm just, <laughs> it's so cool. Like, I think like teaching kids, um, not only like myself too, I'm, a, I'm talking about kids and like, we're still quite young, you know, um, to really reflect on relationships and how you feel, like actively reflect rather than just yeah. like being in the moment. Like you just kind of like mindlessly, when you have a friend, you always just hang out with them, but you never mm-hmm. really think about, um, like how they make you feel, like what your emotions are. But I think when you take that time to reflect, then you can kind of evaluate whether or not this friend is good for your development and your growth. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, like there's definitely been times where when I suggest like a project that I'm working on, for instance, right, where a group of my friends may, you know, criticize, like that's fine, but kind of like, oh, like you shouldn't do that. Like, what are you thinking? Kind of in a more negative way. And you know, like in my head, like that's just something that I take a mental note, you know, like that might be once, that might be a few more times. And like, it definitely adds up for me. And I think I'm more conscious of that. Like when that happens, like taking note, like, okay, maybe next time I might not bring up these things or maybe, you know, okay. Like just to see where things are at, because I don't ever want to have friends where, you know, they're bringing me, you know, down the level. I kind of want, I want, both of us to elevate each other in different Mm -hmm. ways or even just have fun right like that's fine too Mm -hmm. but you know definitely like contributing to each other in like a positive way Mm -hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense so how do you think um it's to explain to someone that it's okay to not be friends with everyone because I know that's something that definitely when I was in high school that I struggled with like I remember I just you know wanted everyone to like me and I want to like everyone and I felt like not like I didn't know how to be okay that I wasn't friends with someone but I think that's what would you say to let's say a high schooler that was dealing with that mm-hmm. I mean personally for me I was I was technically like the nerd I guess like I just had my own bubble I just I had like I would meet like high school people that it like at this like right now and I'm like I never recognized you but (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know you but anyways um I definitely have a feeling where I want I want people to like me like if if I feel like they don't like me I'm just like how can I impress you like in my head like to this day I still have that feeling um and it's kind of more like getting used to the idea of like okay like you don't have to have everyone love you it's, it's kind of more like that's more of an egocentric thought whereas more like instead of thinking that way why not think how how can I help them like what's wrong with them like kind of more in a different perspective like oh like they're probably going through something or you know how can I help them or you know if they want their distance like that's totally fine like 
we don't always have to, you know, always click with everybody. Like that's not, um, like we're all different, right? So I think it's fine. And, you know, if it gets to a point where, you know, you don't want to see them or vice versa, it's fine. Just like give them space, right? Because we all, sometimes we want that too, right? I think that's a really good thing to keep in mind because when someone might treat you a certain way or they might act cold or they might be different, it it's important to not always put yourself at the center of it and be like, what did I do? What did I do? Of course, the little, a little bit of self-reflection is always good to keep um, the relationship healthy. But I really liked what you said about it might be them going through something or they might be changing and growing. So always giving each other, your friends, the space to do their own thing and not take things too personally. Mm-hmm, exactly. I think it's to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was wondering, so what do you think are some keys to healthy friendships? Ooh, I think where, kind of like what I said before, where you want to be able to make sure that you and, you know, your friend or friends are positively contributing where, you know, it doesn't have to mean necessarily physical things, like where like they're always bringing you free for food or like gifts, but like, you know, maybe they hype you up when you look good or like they um, give you advice if you're looking for it or vice versa, right? Um, you like definitely people look for friendships, in, like for different things and friendships and you can find, you know, different things in different people. If that makes sense, you don't have to find everything in one person. Similar to relationship, you don't have to you know, you don't need your best friend, like your, you know, like everything, your cook, your cleaner, everything in one person, you can get those needs, I, I guess, from different people. And like, that kind of is what makes like a fulfilling life, I feel like, is getting it from a diverse people with different opinions too, right, as well. Mm. Yeah, I definitely can relate to some of that you shared, because when I was, um, younger I used to have just I would say maybe like one or two best friends maybe in high school or like elementary school and I felt like as a kid you kind of think your best friend is everything like they should be there for everything they should be your fun friend they should be your supportive friend they should be your um study buddy and you know what other traits there might be in friends but um as you as we grow up it's really apparent that different people offer you different things and you grow together with different friends in different ways Mm -hmm. so I think that's really good to keep in mind that um yeah you might not find everything in one friend but it's important to recognize what all your all your friends are able to yeah for sure like you know you might have like a certain interest with a particular friend and so like you know you like going badminton with this person like I go I used to go badminton with my friends every week with like a certain people like Mm -hmm. certain group of people and like that would be what we would do like that's fine like we would have conversation we would do badminton like that's kind of where it was and then you know I might have another group of people that I like work out for instance or sometimes they overlap right but (laughs) um we have different interests and you find people that you click with and you go with that that's awesome so what would you say um, are some tips or strategies to build deeper relationships with your friends or if you want to get closer to someone? Ooh, I think, you know, like it gets to a certain point, like especially when you meet somebody 
again, maybe after a brief period where you kind of go through like, you know, the surface level stuff, like, what have you been doing? Like, how are you? Like stuff like that, like small talk. Right. But I think like where relationships grow deeper is when you have these like types of conversations where you talk about things like relationships, like mm-hmm. stuff like friendships and, um, like deep topics that where you can actually talk about your values and your beliefs. And um, that's kind of where you can actually get closer to, you know, your friend and share stories. I think that's like a great way to learn more about the other person. And um, I think like, like one of the things I learned was the six needs and six needs is where, um, it can apply to yourself, relationships, friendships. And so like the six needs are certainty, uncertainty, significance, love and connection, growth and contribution. And um, this is usually in like a romantic relationship context, I guess, where you want like, does your partner meet those six needs? And you know, oftentimes if they don't, then, you know, you might not be necessarily a great fit or like there, there kind of is some problems. Cause if your partner can meet those six needs for you and vice versa, like then it's like a great relationship. And I think kind of also for friendships where, um, some of your friends might meet some or all, like that's totally fine, but, um, it might be good to go through them. So certainty is where, you, you want a need for stability. So you want comfort, predictability with, you know, for yourself or for another person. Versus, like conversely, you also want uncertainty. You want spontaneity. You want to be, you want challenges. You want surprises, right? You want adventure. Um, and then you have significance where you want to be like special. You want to be needed. You want to be wanted, right? Love and connection, obviously, you want to have that, like, love and intimacy with the other person, and, like, that could be expressed through different ways, again. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you have growth, like, are you growing intellectually, like, emotionally with this person? And then contribution, are you, like, giving to this other person? Are you serving others? Are you protecting others as well, right? And um, people have, you know, different ways of ranking these six needs, and if you have one that is like number one, it'd be good to find out what that ranking is because it actually tells you more about like what your needs are. And if you know what your other partner or friend, you know, their ranking is, it'd be nice to know because then you can kind of find ways to serve them and kind of meet those needs. And I think it's a good exercise to go with, um, to do with someone else. Mm-hmm. Lisa, this is fantastic. I have never thought about relationships in terms of these six needs, six needs before. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I, I like, when I found out about these six needs, um, I was like mind blown. And it, it's so like applicable to like anywhere, honestly, like family members, friends, yourself, your partner, right? Yes, exactly. I was almost thinking like family too, friends, your partner. Mm-hmm. Like it's even, even in a way yourself, mm-hmm. you, you can like, check off what you think you're I don't know how much certainty you have in your life right how much uncertainty like how spontaneous you are how um are willing are you to try new things 
wow, like, I feel like I can, like, how can you, like, add more spontaneity? How can you add more certainty? Like, let's meet every week. Let's call every week. That's adding certainty, right? Yeah. And we can do, like, spontaneity. Let's do something different. Let's make a new food every time for date night, you know, something like that, or hang out, right? It's just Uh so many ideas that you can include once you find out what is kind of lacking, um, and then this is like creds to Tony Robbins, by the way. <laughs> He's the person that like thought off of the six seeds. Mm-hmm. And what you kind of do is you should rank what from one to 10, what you think, you know, how, how the other person meets and how you meet it. And then whatever the lowest number is, you work on that area. That, this is so cool. Wow. <laughs> your partner must be so lucky <laughs> right, I really okay. like what you said about um that for certainty you say like let's call once a week or let's call this number of times a week that's certainty but during the calls you can change things up and add that level of uncertainty so try exactly to think. so because I, I can imagine how even if you have a lot of certainty in a relationship so you're calling every day but if you're talking about the same things and you're doing the same things the uncertainty and the spontaneity component goes down mm-hmm. it can make you feel a tad bit maybe like even bored or like unsatisfied so then you know wow I got to work in that area with my partner or my friend 100% yeah it's like very like kind of like the opposites but you actually need both of them if that makes sense yeah at the same time it's just like cooking because you can put sugar and salt and they Mm -hmm. don't cancel each other out i there you go (laughs) i was like do they but they actually enhance one another there you go wow yeah 100 and i mean like growth right like what can you do to volunteer what can you do to contribute to the community or learn learn a course together, learn like a dance together. I don't know, but you know, how can you both grow together? Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. I really like how applicable this sort of model is um, to people. And I feel like I really hope that other people try this with friendships or relationships. Cause I feel like it can offer good insight mm-hmm. um, into what your needs are and your partner's needs are. Exactly. Yeah. I've definitely made my boyfriend try it. (laughs) So I guess um, in terms of these six six needs, is it kind of, is there any further instruction or is there kind of just like, it tells you what the six needs are. It gives like a definition. Um, Is there any like questions or like a questionnaire of some sort that people can do? Yeah, I feel like I would be able to like probably find something like that. There's like tons of blog posts about this topic. If you search like six needs, mm-hmm. I think there are um, like prompting questions. I think there's, I definitely found like a romantic, like, l- like partner relationship handout that, um, that might be able to, that people could maybe use. Yeah, that's in the show cool. notes. <laughs> I guess so, like, during quarantine, right, and most of the time, well, hopefully all of us are stuck at home to do our part in social distancing. 100%. Um, what do you think has been working well for you and your partner to meet these six needs, even though we don't have a lot of stimulus from going outside or, like, getting food or trying, like, new hikes or something? Like, how have yeah, you- that's true. Like, definitely, you know, we just had a date at like a park like and we just had photo shoots but it was not like we don't ever like before 
it would be much more like potential where you could actually go somewhere else. You could do something. You could actually go like night market, PE, like stuff yeah. like that, right? Movies. Um, but you just have to be creative, honestly. And like one of the things like that we both value are the little things. Um, like, and that kind of adds up. And you can add spontaneity through like cooking a new meal together. You can add spontaneity through like doing a workout, you know, um, together, trying new things, trying a video. Um, like a dance online um there are tons of ways to you know make this work and you know it's just um it's just a new situation you gotta get used to it right <laughs> yeah definitely. so yeah awesome. you guys are definitely keeping you know busy and having fun I really like that learning a new dance with your partner um <laughs> TikTok like, dances yeah hey thank goodness for technology <laughs> I feel like now is the time to actually like try a bunch of random things that you didn't have time to do before. Yes. If you like, if you had that instrument in the corner of your room, you know, now's the time to pull it out, you know, exactly. and play it. Now it's time to like work out. Like there's no excuses now, right? Exactly. <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, I'm just at home. I'm, and you're not doing anything. So do yeah. or something. I mean, definitely one, like one another issue that comes up is from like being stuck like seeing your partner too much like I've definitely heard about that where like the virus this virus whole situation kind of like escalates the like your relationships where you know if you if you kind of didn't like the person in the beginning you're gonna be stuck with them for like mm -hmm. a longer time and like it kind of speeds things up like where before you could take things slow but now I don't know like I've, I've heard of like you know couples moving in or like staying with their partner right mm -hmm. or you know starting to want to like split off like I've heard like divorce lawyers they're gonna be excited but yeah um, I heard of that too like in yeah. China um they started lifting the quarantine or whatever and mm -hmm. did you hear on the news it was saying how so many couples were filing for divorce because they <gasps> so much no I didn't <laughs> Yeah, it was a joke, but if not, yeah, I can definitely see how being with one person for an extended period of time, you have the potential to have a lot of fun, but also there is that risk of, you know, being in each other's space all the time and the possibility of conflict. Okay. Yes, I think it's like, if you definitely feel like you want that space, just make sure to communicate to your partner. I think like, that's important and making sure to even like still try to put that spontaneity in your like relationships where like you try to make a home date night or like a home meal or like mm -hmm. um like try to still kind of keep the things that happened before but at home but kind of modify it right because definitely when you're at home and you feel like suffocated mm -hmm. you know with the other person or like tired of them like that can definitely come up but you know mm -hmm. communication is even more important now mm -hmm. yeah i i I really like what you mentioned there, like um, that communication aspect. Mm -hmm. I know that it's, it takes a lot for people to, even for people that have been dating for a while to almost open up and really communicate what their needs are and how they feel and to navigate conflict. I think it's still, no matter how old you get, like you can <laughs> have a lot of conflicts, but it's still not the easiest situation to navigate. I was just wondering, um, do you have any tips or sort of what is your approach when you experience conflict and how do you navigate it? Yeah, I mean, like, definitely any relationship faces conflict, right? No relationship is perfect, like, and, you know, when those things come up, it's just important to 
communicate like don't like even though you might want to or I might want to do the silent treatment and not share my feelings it's only going to build up and I've definitely felt that firsthand where if I don't say something something I, I find maybe annoying that he does it kind of does add up and eventually it'll come out in like one way or in a surprising way and like where did that come from right yeah. um it's just better to say it like from the get-go and like get that resolved and don't feel like you have to push your feelings down. I think it's so important to, you know, say what you feel. Don't feel like, like, I shouldn't feel like this. Like, no, like this is not, this is wrong. Because honestly, if you push it down, it's going to come up some one, like in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And it's just better to like, you know, accept that you're feeling this. Say, you know, kind of don't go with the, like, if you feel angry, don't go with that emotion, kind of see, like, I have feelings of anger, kind of think of it more like a third person perspective. Mm. In that moment, it might be hard, but, you know, take the time to breathe. If you need to step away for a bit, that's fine. But, you know, when you're in a better place of mind, um, talk to your partner and, like, your friend or whoever to resolve the conflict, because um, it's it's only going to get worse if you don't. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel um, that the third person perspective is super, super important. And sometimes just, I feel like it's, it's really easy to, I don't know, feel like that overwhelmed feeling and getting when you're getting like super upset and angry, but realizing that, okay, labeling that this is an emotion, it's a valid emotion, but how are you going to deal with it? And making that realization moving forward um, is very important. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, you, it's okay to have these feelings and emotions, but everyone has these emotions, so it's totally normal. And when you have this third-person perspective, it kind of makes it, it kind of almost, like, decreases the intensity of the feeling, mm-hmm. and you're able to actually start to think more rationally and act in a calm state moving mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about um, couples who, let's say, when a conflict comes up, they are both very heated, and do you think that they should talk about it right away, or take some time apart, uh, maybe for like half hour or so, and we kind of reflect on it independently, and then talk about it? Because I definitely hear that there's two sides. Some people say, I really just need to talk about it right away. And there's another side where they're like, um it's not as protective because we're just going to like yell at each other and be angry. So what do you, what is the timeline for addressing conflict? Do you think? Yeah. I mean, again, like it totally depends on the person and like the couple. Um, I think when you know, like when things get a little bit physical and like you start throwing and stuff like that, that's (laughs) probably when you should back away (laughs) from the conversation. Um, You know, if you have two people that are very, you know, anger and like, rage driven it might be better to step away and then come back later um but definitely like making sure to not leave it too like too Mm -hmm. too far or too long because like that that won't really resolve anything right um and you know if one person is you know tends to be more you know petty or angry while the other person's more reasonable then that might be okay to you know touch base a little bit earlier um I think usually if there's one person that's mad and then the other person's like, you know, the one that's like kind of at fault or they're not, you know, mad in that situation, I think it's okay to talk about it at that time. Um, 
you know, just be careful with your words. And sometimes you can say something that you might regret. So always kind of like remember that you don't want to say something that you regret down the road. Right. Um, and you don't want to hurt your partner. I think, I think the main thing is to think about constantly that like you want to fix the issue, not like, you know, the partner, like you want your, you guys are a team. Right. So think about it like that. And, um, I think when you have perspective of like coming from a loving place, it, you know, it makes it much easier to resolve the issue. Yeah, that's, that's very beautifully put that you and your partner are a team working at resolving the conflict, which is the thing on the other side. I think mm-hmm. that's a really good reminder um, to keep in mind when conflict happens, because it is inevitable. I think having this ideal of a perfect relationship without conflict is, is very unrealistic, but knowing that you know, it's you love your partner and this conflict does not change the relationship or does not change him or them or whoever you love as a person um, is very important. Yeah, thanks for yeah. sharing that. That's yeah, I know, yeah, 100%. I mean, like, there are definitely moments where, you know, I might be mad and I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. And then he's just like, um, like, yeah, like, let me know. I can give you space. Like, let me know when you're ready. Like, he's patient with me. And then when I actually have, like, you know, when I'm actually willing to talk with him, then we actually can have that conversation. Um, because I've learned, like, if I help, if I hold it in and don't say anything, um, I, I just start acting petty. And then he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine, but then I'm not. And, you know, it just never works out. Um, it just saves so much time and effort if you just tell what the issue is from the beginning or, and like, work together to resolve it what you said there about like patience and um when he him coming to you when you're ready to talk about it is super important uh i think yeah like learning when you and your partner are ready to have a conversation about conflict is actually very important and i think that obviously doesn't develop right away um in the beginning of the relationship sometimes it can take years but Mm -hmm finding and understanding what state your you your body has to be in versus like your partner's um like emotional levels uh, is is definitely a very important and hard hard to get to right away i think 100 percent. yeah it it takes practice and you know time but um it's you know it's it's always a good step if you're trying to strive for that right yeah that's great i guess lastly um in this quarantine time um how would you say like you're you're spending a lot of time with your partner what would you do to check in with them to see how things are going because let's say there is no conflict but you know we're still valuing the six needs that you're talking about earlier um but let's say it's been like a week or so or two weeks now and things have been the same you've done some cool things um how important is it to check in with your partner to see uh, how they're doing or how often do you check in for um, their needs mm-hmm. i mean um i i've heard of people having like weekly or monthly like i guess like so-called meetings where you take that time to like talk about like what's been good what's been great like is there anything that you know could be resolved or any issues that they want to bring up and using that time to bring up those issues Um, because sometimes when you bring up an issue you might not be in the right mind or you're busy or you don't want to talk about it right now so you might bookmark it for that meeting let's say Um, I mean personally I don't do that but I've heard of people doing that and so like that I think that's a great idea right Mm -hmm. Um, 
for for us like i think it's more when if if i have any like um things that like i feel like oh maybe we should do this like i'll just like suggest it right there and there or if there's an issue you know i'll just like bring it up to him and we just we take the time to talk at that time um and vice versa if he has anything that comes up um so for us it's more like if something comes up if there's an issue or something we want to like add to or do we'll just bring it up right away mm-hmm. um but you know sometimes i like when we like wake up i'll be like what are you grateful for and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like so and then he's just like uh, the bed I'm like yeah like really sleepily but um I think like that's another great habit to do is like you know asking like what you're grateful for because um it's like another way to get your mindset in the right state and you know when you start the day being grateful then it's a little bit better that's what I think at least oh yeah that's really great and I think that adds to the growth need when (laughs) both of you and your partner or you and your friends um check in with one another and talk about what you're grateful for and what's been going well so I think fostering that appreciative outlook in life really makes the days pass quicker and are easier and you feel just like thankful for each moment yeah 100% I agree well thank you so much Lisa this was so fun I feel like I learned so much I literally have three pages of notes right now (laughs) oh my gosh thank you so much I had so much fun talking with you Iris okay well I look forward to having you on again yes for sure okay bye